Happy New Year, everyone, and good evening, good morning, depending on what time you're listening. We're going to kick the new year off from something from last week, and uh, this and most people have probably heard this. Some of you probably haven't. And this was a guy by the name of Jared called. It was part of some kind of a call to the White House. So you had Jill and Joe Biden talking to people about Christmas, and uh, let's hear how this went. Well, Penelope, she, she's only two, so I think she'd be happy Aww. with just about eight. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful that you have a two-year-old. Well, well I, have a Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas. And by the way, you guys have to be in bed by Merry 9 o'clock, you know, and asleep between 9 know. and 12, or he doesn't show up. This isn't to you, Jared. This is to the kids. That's right. <laughs> I think Joe Biden's used to telling kids to get in bed by 9 o'clock, or he won't go. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas, you. and let's go, Brandon. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Hey, by the way, where are you in Oregon? Where's your home? I think we lost him. Yeah, and so uh, Jill Biden immediately, she, she got, obviously, Joe Biden didn't get it. She did, because, like, she pursed her lips and, like, you know, slit her eyes. She knew what was going on. Then, then she put her head down. You could tell she was not happy about that. And one of the bad things about, well, actually we'll go to the media's reaction to, to, to what happened in this clip and talk about the, the, the same thing we always talk about, which would be their latent hypocrisy and double standard. And then we'll, we'll go from there. And then for those yeah. who don't know is slang for F Joe Biden uh, Ron, the president is trying to be nice to kids. Uh, he doesn't really have to do this. They were very pleasant. What does it tell you that somebody is rude like that and disrespects the office of the president to his face uh, about the political climate in this country? Yeah, look, I, you know, it's ungracious, it's juvenile, it's reprehensible by the father. Uh, but I don't think it's fundamentally about incivility. I think it is fundamentally about insurrection. Um, you know, I don't know the... The, the individual, but the, the whole let's go Brandon kind of motif, this is a manifestation not just of incivility, but of the fundamental view of the illegitimacy and the ominous shores that we're kind of sailing toward very quickly uh, in 2022 and especially 2024. And so instantaneously, like a cascade of like, and, and I'll remember stuff throughout the podcast that I probably won't say, but the litany of things when they're talking about um, incivility, <clears throat> Joe Biden repeated the lie and still does that, you know, Donald Trump called the neo called neo Nazis, very fine people, which is completely inaccurate and totally false and has been de debunked, which actually there, it would have to be a thing to be debunked. It was never real. Therefore that you, you can't debunk something that was completely fictitious from the onset that nobody with a brain believed. But I digress. Calling people white supremacy, or rather white supremacists, that, that's not very civil. And, and let's not forget how the media reacted. I'm thinking back to the 2017 at Trump's inauguration. Cars being set on fire, the pink pussy hats, and, and saying that they were going to stop the inauguration and the way the media played into that. The severed Trump head that we've talked about before with Kathy Lee Griffin, or Gifford, whatever, Kathy Lee Griffin, I'm sorry. Or she's holding up the, the severed Trump head, and the media's reaction to that was was so biased that she became the victim when the Secret Service paid her a visit. She was the victim after 
you know, obviously, how did you think that was going to play out? Talking about incivility and insurrection, like this, this is fundamentally, this is insurrection. And I'll expound on that in just a second. But I want to say it was the first rally for Trump's reelection campaign. Um, the A lot of leftists had organized over TikTok, in fact, to buy up all the tickets of this rally so it was sold out, but nobody showed up. And the and the media loved it. They thought it was hilarious when you're talking about a lack of civility towards the president and uh, the woman that was flicking, flipping off his motorcade that the media adored. And she was just in the, recently in the media again, known as the woman that flipped off his motorcade. And so everybody knows the amount of, like, look at Alec ba- the murderer, allegedly, Alec Baldwin, the way he talked about Donald Trump, the slew of celebrities, like, and now here we are talking about civility because a father made an, a, an extremely funny, in my opinion, tongue and I mean that, that was hilarious. And, and there's nothing vulgar about that. No, and 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 dude, I would, I wouldn't even go as far as say that if I was, if I was Joe Biden, I, I wouldn't steal elections and sniff kids. But, but if but if that if I was in a position like that and somebody did that to me, I I, I man, you got me, dude. Like, which I I can handle a good cut down. In fact, I like a good cut down. I like to go back and forth. Dude, you got me. Like, all right, man. Merry Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got me. But instead, the media rushes to this this uh, brain dead occupier in chief's defense. The one thing I don't like is now the the guy that did that is backing off. Oh, I, no, no disrespect intended. It was all in good fun. And and hey, look, I kind of took it that way. But dude, don't don't back down. Like, oh, I'm not I'm not a Trump supporter, dude. Come on. Cut, cut that out. Like I've said so many times, like, hold up both middle finger. What are they going to do? He worked from what the little brief amount that I heard. I don't even think I read about it. The brief amount I heard on the, on talk radio about that guy specifically, cause I don't need to know about him is that he worked for either his father or his father-in-law's private business. And of course that, that business got flooded with negative Google reviews and you know, doing what the left does. They trying to dox the guy or, or they did dox the guy. He was also foolish enough to put up a video of himself making that phone call so I think initially he did something that got that went viral. And dude, it's an amazing thing you did. I love it. It's it's hilarious. So he then he puts the video up to so maybe that everybody hey everybody knows it's it's me. If you didn't want the negative ramifications, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, he's just trying to play both sides of the fence. You know, he's he's I think he's trying to be that narcissistic Facebook, Instagram kind of guy. Hey, look at me. Look what I did. Look what I did. And then everybody's looking at what he did. And he's like, Oh, whoa. No, I'm the victim here. I'm, I was just kidding. No, no. Joe Biden was definitely the victim (laughs) and it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go Brandon. And he's too stupid to even realize what's going on. He's still asking people what happened. Why? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is my butt wiped? Yeah. What's going on? So yeah, but and they said he was a former police officer or something too, and he resigned. They're trying to figure out why he resigned too. Uh, of course, and yet again, that's why dude should have never put a video of himself out there like that. Man, he could have he could have let left it where it was, and and very few people would have known it was him. And, and his wife also put on some social media platform, my husband may or may not have just told Biden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice, work. nice work. Nice yeah. work. Yeah, uh-huh. now I, I guarantee they're regretting that now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guarantee if she could go back, she probably wouldn't do that. But, man, the people's penchant for attention is so severe with social media. 
that 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 was probably a foregone conclusion as soon as he did it. But I mean, and I can understand that a little bit, man. Like I'd have been if if I would have pulled that off, man, I I'd have been proud, and I'm sure he was, and he should be. But dude, I, I if I went that far, there's no turning back. Like you should no. you should have been ready to buckle up, dude, and ride this out with both fingers up. That's what. And and the thing is, you would have got further, done better, and weathered the storm more successfully had you done that. And people would have probably set up a GoFundMe for you. Yeah, and, and you, they definitely would have respected you more than Absolutely. Than, than trying to, to turtle up and, and shelter down and, and cower. And, and because now it. he's not going to get support from anybody, either side. Probably. Well, look, man, uh, I'm, I don't know, that, which I, I don't – usually I won't mess with GoFundMe because they're scumbags. Like, it has to be give, send, go. I, I wouldn't be opposed to sending the dude five bucks. Because, man, that, that, that was a $5 laugh. That was hilarious. Like – that was a beautiful thing you did, but you know, I, I would send a note. Hey, stop being a hoe. Like you'll learn how to use your middle finger. Yeah. And I think everybody should. Yeah. Sending five bucks and say, Hey, it would have been 20 if you would have stood your ground. There you have it. Exactly. And, and keep in mind, I'm not saying that everybody should go around just flicking people off for no reason. I'm just saying when the mob comes after you, like it's a very easy defense. Two of these, man, like <laughs> that's it. It's like a doctor. Take two of these. Call me in the morning. Yeah. And, just leave it at that. And so I'm not insinuating, like I said, that ever, that I'm white trash. I'll flip everybody off. If you that's no, that's not what I'm saying, but this, that's what this guy should do. That's my opinion. We're going to have a first on common man's common sense. You are listening to common man's common sense podcast. And this is your host, Stanley Hudson with our executive producer. Captain reverso is at some kind of a football game where they wear leotards. Yeah. It's, it, it definitely didn't look like anything straight men would attend. And uh, Rex Manning is sick, or he has a sick family member, so uh, he may be out next week as well. This will that'd be three weeks from him. That's okay. We're I think it's on. bird flu or something, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure. Swine flu. This is a first on Common Man's Common Sense that we'll play the most detestable witch to ever exist, the worst person in American politics ever, including Benedict Arnold. (laughs) This is from the same interview, I think, that that Rex talked about a few weeks ago where she cried, and I guess the full interview perhaps wasn't released, and now it has been. And uh, this was her take on the current situation with the Democrat Party. So what do you see as the state of the Democratic Party right now? I think that it, it is um, a time for uh, some you know, careful thinking about what wins elections and not just in deep blue districts where a Democrat and a liberal Democrat or so-called progressive Democrat is going to win. I understand why people want to argue for their priorities. That's what they believe they were elected to do. So, look, I'm all about... Um, having vigorous debate, I think it's it's good, and it, it gives people a, a chance to be part of the process. But at the end of the day, it means nothing if we don't have a Congress that will get things done, and we don't have a White House that we can count on to be sane and sober and stable and productive. One, one thing about it is, man... She, which obviously I, I detest this this person, but she looks so haggard and rough, and 
you can only put so much lipstick on a pig. Like we're we're way past the point of diminishing returns with trying to like make her look presentable. I mean, she is raggedy, but what she said about the White House is pretty. A White House. So she's talking about the current administration. A White House. If we don't have a White House that's sane, sober, and stable. And, like, you can take that literally or figuratively speaking. She's uh, Reports are saying this week she's been to, to, in meetings with Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris has been contacting her for advice. And so the suspicion was is that 2024 can, would be in consideration that Kamala would run with Hillary as the VP, which I think would be great. I think that would be a, a superb combination to lose. But when she says sober, it just makes me think about, and again, I think she's using that more figuratively than literally, but in a literal sense, I think that Kamala Harris is, is, is addicted to pain, pain pills. She talks like she is. So yeah, you've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. And I think this reinforces it, but also saying that the, I mean, these are, these are big accusations. These, these are, uh, these are pretty caustic and, and, I mean, this is pretty ostentatious for her to say this about the leaders of the, the Democrat Party, and because she's one of the patron saints, her and her husband. And I mean, they're like I said that, that some people might might imagine that their role within the Democrat Party is, is diminished, but I, I, I would I don't believe so. I think that she still they both carry her more so really, really any more than Bill like her far more than Bill Clinton ever could at this point. I mean, I I think that that carries some weight. And not because she's good or anything like that, because she's corrupt and well connected. So, so that that's pretty interesting. But one of the things, kind of in the in the same vein, but talking about the Republicans, Republicans specifically, and I'll try to keep this as as PG and and calm as possible, because it really irritated me this week. And, and I, I touched on this very briefly last week. I, I noticed in the comment sections a lot of the social media prior to Trump's interview with Candace Owens this past week talking about the vaccine that a lot of people were saying that Trump is responsible for all these uh, vaccines, like the VAERS reporting system, the, the vaccine accident reporting system where there's been adverse effects and adverse reactions to the COVID vaccines. And so they're pinning this on Trump and the majority of the comments that, that I was seeing, I could, I could look at the profile because to me it was predictable. It's like, the juicy Smollett syndrome. It's, it's, it's a fake, it's a fake thing. So you, you click on it and it's, you go back a few, a few months and where they had probably changed their name. They were posting a, a liberal drivel, like, and then they, all of a sudden they, they changed to, Oh, well, I've, I've always supported Trump, but I'm not going to vote for him now. So they're planting these seeds of dissension amongst the Trump voters. Cause one of the things that the establishment, I don't think this is Democrats doing it either, which, and, and the reason I'm touching on this in relation to this is she's talking about the shape of that party and the disarray that they're in and how bad this administration is. And so juxtaposing that with the Republic, the condition of the Republican party and where we're at and, and what we're looking forward to in 2024 and even in obviously 2022. But back to what I was saying, I'm rambling here and I, I apologize. They've always wanted to separate Trump from his, his voters, like everybody knows by every metric, his voters are, are very loyal. And so Brandon Tatum on YouTube uh, is a guy that I, I, I like relatively well. And I, after that, he was the first one that I saw come out and say it as, as like a legitimate conservative-oriented person. 
that Trump may have lost his vote, like, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is the, the cliff notes of, of what that video contained, is that Trump is like an ex-girlfriend. We need to move on because Trump had told Candace Owens that he believed in the vaccine and the vaccine was a good thing. They're saying that he railroaded her when she asked about it. In some aspects he did, but Candace Owens, to my knowledge, didn't go to, go to school to be a reporter. She she kind of allowed that to happen. Like that's that's on her that she didn't hold his feet to the fire. Chris Wallace would be one example. Plenty of people in the media from all these leftist networks, they do their best to hold them accountable and, and they wouldn't, even even if they were in the wrong, they keep asking hard questions. She let it go. That's on her. But they're, they're saying that Trump should know better than to stop pushing the this quote-unquote poisonous vaccine. And look, everybody that listens to this podcast knows how I feel about it and how I think the bulk of us feel about that vaccine. And I think, and it doesn't matter to, to me why, why Trump's supporting it, but I think my personal opinion is, is that he has an ego. And I think that he's using this as a leverage point for re-election to make it look like a positive that, well, we were able to, for like small business and and even uh, some big business to, to do the advent of deregulation to push business and to help the economy. I think he likens this removing the parameters to get this vaccine through to something like that. And they're two totally different things. And I think that my personal opinion is that's more so his mindset in relation to this vaccine that he removed the red tape that was just pure bureaucracy, like a lot of the redundancies in environmental parameters that keep businesses, that choke business. He, lo- he looks at it like that. Again, I, I disagree. I don't think that's accurate. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to disagree. I don't have to agree with him on everything. And this issue, because it's settled in my mind as far as my stance on that vaccine, whether me and my family will get it or not, it's, it's just not up for debate in any scenario. It's not going to happen. So, therefore, it's largely irrelevant to me. And I think his opinion on it is is probably based in ignorance, and we just disagree. But the problem I'm seeing is amongst conservatives uh, is a liberal-type mentality of scorched earth, like, oh, I disagree with this guy, he's trash, boom, get him out of here. And I think that that idea has been supplanted into people's minds by the establishment Republicans who never wanted him in there to begin with. And so it, it got, my, my wife had sent a video of a guy on YouTube, heavy-duty country. Never heard of him. I, nor had I. Um, and so that he goes on this tirade and I, I'll keep my personal opinions on the guy and his channel and to myself for now. But uh, he was saying that this was a kind of the opposite. He was saying this is a ploy by the Democrats to, to so that whenever these, you know, f- when 2024 rolls around, Oh, they're going to play the footage of Trump and use this to not get him elected. I've been a Trump supporter this whole time. I can't support him. I don't know if I can support him after this. The Democrats are going to use the footage of him saying the vaccine is good and then blame all the vaccine deaths on him, and then he won't get elected. What what planted you on? Donald Trump was never the one that, that mandated mandated these vaccines. So the current administration that mandated and multiple ways that people take this, how would Trump be held responsible for the acts of this administration over a four-year period where they tried to force this on people and basically continue to trash an already busted-up economy from the thing being released to begin with? How how does your brain even work? And that's one of the bad things about it. And I'm not pretending to be the foremost authority on any of these issues. These are obviously just my opinions as well. But it's crazy to me that especially individuals like this can say such that they talk this way without true, like 
how objective is this? Are, are, are you listening to yourself? Like, did you think this out? What the like? So to put this on him and not vote for him because on these pretenses. Number one, you're saying two two kind of different things here. I've always supported Trump. Always, uh, you know, I've always been there for him. But he he might lose my vote with this, and then this is going to happen. So which is it? He's not going to get elected because of that. And what and what everybody's saying is Ron DeSantis because of his positions on vaccines. And Ron DeSantis is great. We don't know how he would be at a national level as a president. And I assume he would make a decent president. And so that's kind of a natural conclusion for people, but still polling right now has DeSantis's favorability for the 2024 Republican nomination around 16%. Donald Trump is massively ahead at 60%. Why would you throw that in the trash over this issue? It's not like this issue is abortion. If Donald Trump came out with a, with a, a strong, with if he came out with an as strong of a stance on abortion as he did the vaccine with Candace Owens, yeah, I, I would tend to start to agree. I, I would agree with you at that point. Yeah, I can't get on board with that. That's To me, that's not what this is. There's so much widely available information on these vaccines that if you don't, if, if you don't find them, and, and dude, David Hogg said this eight months ago about the, like, I still want to wear the mask because of the political affiliation. Yeah. And we could go back and, and play plenty of video uh, of uh, Joe Biden during the debates. Oh, you, you got to have, he even said himself, you've got to have so much testing. He was, he was disparaging Donald Trump for how fast they came up with these vaccines. As soon as he took office, he began to take credit for it and then pushed them. I don't see how you could ever solely pin that on Donald Trump especially given the flip-flop that they had, if that ever becomes an issue. I, I don't know what's going to happen as far as long-term effects of this vaccine. I hope that there's zero negative consequences over the long term to, to taking that vaccine. But it, could that be a component? Perhaps. Could, could they utilize in that way objectively and the, the masses of people buy it? I don't think so. And my point being, I'm not buying any of this. I think that, that the bulk of that is driven by the establishment Republicans, the the rhinos, and probably a, a healthy contingent of the Democrats as, as well. And no, one need look no further than multiple dossiers to to know that that's definitely within the scope of of, of possibility. It's definitely in their wheelhouse as far as things that they they would do, especially like when we talked about the things that were in those emails in the Hillary Clinton emails last week where they were putting out ads, very spe- uh, specified ads, pretending to be the Trump campaign. There was a whole lot more of nasty tactics they used aside from that one. And I just think this is just one more because just listening to all the talking heads in leftist media, they're all worried about Trump in 2024. Yeah. And, and their focus isn't DeSantis. They don't like him either, but DeSantis is not, he's great. And he's not, yes, he's not Donald Trump. And so, but he's also, he's also not Donald Trump without the bombast. He's not that. Because that's what Brandon Tatum was saying. We, he's like an ex-girlfriend. We need some, a lot of the, the establishment right have been saying this for months, if not years. We need Trump without, we need Trump policy without Trump. That's like saying you need water without water. You know what I mean? Without getting wet. It's not going to happen. It, that this this take it or leave it. This is what you got. And this guy, and if I'm not mistaken, with Candace Owens, Candace Owens, and Brandon Brandon Tatum specifically, Trump in a sense brought them to the party as far as conservative politics go. And 
I think that it's kind of indicative of how fickle American and, and expedient American culture is that you would just bang, turn on the guy like that over this issue. I don't, to me, this the issue of the vaccines, like, and, and don't mistake what I'm saying, like, are negative things happening? Absolutely. I, I know that. But I, I see where, where, where and why he would have this stance, and I don't think that it's enough to, to um, abandon somebody it, it, with three years out with a 60% favorability to take the Republican nomination in 2024. I think that's foolish and short-sighted. And I think, in addition to that, when you're looking at DeSantis, Ron DeSantis isn't responsible for the, for the mentality, policy, perseverance of Matt Gates, Bo Baird, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, and several others. He, he's the one trying to primary people with American First candidates, in which Ron DeSantis doesn't have the power, money, ability, or anything to do that. Donald Trump does. So he's the one trying to stack the deck in American, America's favor with American First candidates. Nobody else has the power to do that. Nobody else has the leadership to do that. And so these people will turn in their backs. What, what, in my opinion, if this doesn't stop, what you're going to wind up with is going to be a Marco Rubio most likely Marco Rubio and Mitt Romney as, Ted as Cruz or something. Yeah, exactly. Is your 2024. And I, I'm not. I'm becoming less and less of a Ted Cruz candidate. Ted Cruz just made a deal with the Democrats this week on big oil to, to sanction that that Russian pipeline and to get through some of the uh, some of the Democrats, uh, some of their appointees, some of their nominations on on the judicial and a, a few other spots, but. That's yeah. That's that's exactly what you would end up with, and that that mentality is is trash. And if anybody out here is falling for that, please don't. You know, my my wife had actually accused me of, of saying because I think that a lot of people may may perceive this wrong when they hear it is that I have a, a messiah complex with Donald Trump, which is is completely inaccurate. I've disagreed with Donald Trump on quite a few issues. Mainly that, that stick out in my mind is the red flag gun laws and the bump stock bans. Like that's that's trash. I do not like that. And he was on thin ice with my opinion at that point. And again, uh, at this, right now, currently, Donald Trump is now a politician. He's no, he can no longer sell himself as a businessman. He's, he's behaving in the capacity of a politician, which is one reason he's playing the political game with that vaccine. That, that's what he's doing. But So I don't have un, undying loyalty to this guy. That's, that's not the issue, which I will admit that the only mental block I have is where I have an affinity for Donald Trump is the fact that the election was stolen from Donald Trump pretty brazenly. And the dude fair and square, in my opinion, won a second term. And I would like to see that fulfilled. Like that's, I do have kind of a sticking point there. So when people are saying, and Ron DeSantis is great, whatever's best for the country is what I would obviously prefer. But I, I think the numbers being what they were in the direction that Donald Trump has been pushing so hard for, that's what I like. That's why he got elected two times because of the direction he was going. And when you look at the the deficit right now and then the deference in the GDP right now, like it's everything's upside down and kind of alluding back to what Hillary Clinton was saying, we don't have competent, sane or sober leadership right now. And even she knows it. And she's a power player and she's, well, she's up to something to be talking like that. But I, talking like this, I would have to imagine that at least in the in the immediate, she won't be considered for anything if this administration is able to stay in power, she's not going to, or the, or there's, or there's bigger things going on behind the scenes than anybody can figure out. Yeah. I bet, I bet they're up to something with three years left. I bet they're up to something for her to, to for her to come out and start talking like this, this early. That's very brazen. Yes, it is. 
and uh, it's uh it's it's very testy yeah but that was a pretty pretty long rant so we'll move on to what's next i don't think people will like it either <laughs> they'll love it and next up since we were talking about the coronavirus at least briefly in the vaccine what are we on here gateway pundit 49-year-old New York Times editor dies of heart attack one day after boasting about getting COVID booster shot. Uh, since he What's de- that on his hand? It's like puppy paws. But since he's deceased, maybe I'll keep my thoughts to myself okay. on his appearance. Would, yeah. that, would that be professional? Because we're totally professional here. We yes. do lots of prep work, lots of, ed- if you couldn't tell, lots of heavy editing. We've all been to school for journalism, mm-hmm. and none of that's real. Yeah. This is Common Man's Common Sense. Dot com. 49-year-old Carlos, how do you say that? Tejada. Carlos Tejada. A New York Times deputy Asia editor died of a heart attack last week, mere hours after getting a COVID booster shot. I wonder if he should have listened to that song we listened to a few weeks ago, Get Your Booster. Pure coincidence. Yeah, but do you think he'd listen to that song or maybe even watch the skit on uh, Colbert? Oh, yeah, that's why I went to get it. They're killing, and they said Trump was killing people. Mr. Tejada received a Johnson and Johnson COVID vaccine in July. That's see, look, Lefty, you should have been watching Project Veritas, and you would have known. Mr. Tejada received Johnson and Johnson COVID vaccine in July per his Instagram account. That's very important per his Instagram account because you document everything on Instagram. Apparently so. But I wonder if there's a picture of him grasping his chest on Instagram. It's a good thing for his family, though. So when when they never, well, I don't know. They're lefties. Maybe they won't file a lawsuit. I don't know. Well, actually, looking at him, he probably doesn't have kids. Boom roasted. Tahada re, re, received a Moderna booster booster shot on December 16 and died of a heart attack less than one day later. Quote. <laughs> I'm not crying. Bear with me. Try not to laugh. It's not a funny situation. Quote, double vaxxed, Jansen fueled. What does that mean, Jansen? I was going to ask you. I thought he was going to say jer- jer- Jergens, but that's lotion. I thought yeah. he might have been Moderna boosted. It's like a car that you've modified. Yeah. I bet he has stickers, too. Yeah. Hey, Omicron. Goodness. Hit me with your wet snot, end quote. Tejada put, boasted on Instagram on December 16th. You think he regrets that? No comment. On December 16th in Seoul, South Korea, he received a Moderna mRNA LNP, quote, booster. No clinical trials have ever been conducted to examine safety or efficacy of mixing various types of these vaccines, and Carlos did not give informed consent as the consent form was in Korean, a language he could not read. Hmm, makes sense. He should... Okay. He joked that Omicron, and these people are supposed to be smart. He joked that Omicron should hit me with your wet snot. Former New York Times journalist Alex Berenson wrote on his Substack. What is a Substack? That's another social media thing that I'm not familiar with because I'm a geezer. And so, and this is what I was saying before, like my coworker, like when he originally got his vaccine, like he came in and showed off his Band-Aid. I got my shot. And then he's like, I got boosted. So the guy posted a shot of the... uh, the spot where he, the needle, the injection sites, what you call that. That's oh right. That's the, med- that's the medical vernacular. Oh, my gosh. Look, 742 comments. I wonder if those were. Uh, I, bet, I bet a lot of them weren't nice. So, yeah, to, to recap, this is actual the image from the Instagram. Jansen Fueled, Moderna Boosted, Hey, Omicron, hit me with your what's not. All I had to do was fill out this form in a language I can't read. Translation software tells me I now belong to the BTS Army. <laughs> now he's dead. 
So go down. I'm not laughing because he's dead. I was laughing at his hilarious joke. Tejeda's wife announced on December 17th that her husband had passed away last night of a heart attack. Tejeda leaves behind a wife and two young children. Oh, he was married. Which, that does suck. No comment. This is Carlos's wife, Nora. It is with the deepest sorrow that I have to share with you that Carlos passed away last night of a heart attack. I've lost my best friend, and our kids lost a truly great dad. I will be off social media for a while. That probably meant 10 minutes. Like I said, maybe, maybe he should have uh, watched Stephen Colbert and got... Well, maybe and, he shouldn't have called out the moronic virus like that. Yes. Yes, that's karma. He got yeah. testy with Omicron, and then... Well, no, Omicron's not what took him out. He had a heart attack. Oh, yeah, that's right. The vaccine is like, no. He thought yeah. the vaccine was going to protect him, and then the yeah. ins insinuation is here, because I'm not a medical doctor, is that like so many other people that are having cardiovascular and heart issues from these vaccines, and boosters too, that that's what took him out. So Yeah, it's hmm. just pure coincidental. Oh, yeah. it's Same as all those soccer stars that took it and fell out too. Yeah, it's just heavy drinking the night before. Is that Seriously, that's what it is? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's the tequila the night before, you know. Have you have you drank tequila and had a heart attack? Twice. But I'm in phenomenal shape like the soccer players. <laughs> yes, this guy was not, by the way. And he needed a haircut. Yeah. And he looks like he might sniff kids. <laughs> yeah. All right. Paul's on his hands. Next story. And, of course, next up, we have a story that proves you cannot teach a stupid dog any tricks or new tricks. You can't teach a dumb dog new tricks because she's done this two times in a row. And it's also kind of takes a little bit of credence away from the fact, like I always say how like the older politicians don't understand the internet and that they can't just say whatever and get away with it. But apparently they can because the people that vote for these morons are so stupid. They don't even care. Kamala Harris's Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa message immediately called out as people post serious doubts about her claim. Same thing happened last year. She doesn't learn. As most Americans celebrated Christmas, fake Vice President Kamala Harris wrote about her childhood memories from a different holiday. However, many social media users questioned the legitimacy of her claims. Quote, our Kwanzaa celebrations are some of my favorite childhood memories, Harris said Sunday on Twitter. As families across the United States light the red, black, and green candles of the Kanara this week... Our family sends our wishes and blessings for a happy and healthy New Year, she said. This just sounds like they ripped off uh, Judaism for, for black people. <laughs> An array of comments on the tweet questioned whether Harris actually had a childhood connection to a holiday that was created less than 60 years ago. Sounds so nice, one user said in a seemingly sarcastic response. <laughs> you should post pics from your childhood Kwanzaa celebration as an encouragement to the community today. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Stop. You never you never celebrated that made-up holiday, another user said. Philosopher and author Peter, how do you say this last name? I'm, I don't know. Boghosian said simply, I do not believe you. Rex <laughs> would take issue with the way I pronounce that guy's name. Like, yeah. Budige. <laughs> and uh, what's his uh, husband's name? His mate? Oh, what is Tristan. Yeah, is it Tristan? Tristan? Yeah, I think so. Harris posted a similar Kwanzaa message last holiday season. Notably, it started with the exact same sentence as last year's tweets. We're going to punish our listeners. I apologize. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. I had to endure this. And a lot of the times I like to say that I read the news so you don't have to. But that doesn't pertain to when I have to have my ears bleed. And so uh, I think I want to share the pain. Because this is this is the pill head talking last year. And uh, I may interrupt. I don't know. We'll see. It's a minute and 35 seconds. If you don't like listening to Pillheads, take your headphones out for a minute and 35 seconds. Let's hit it. 
Happy holidays, everyone. I wanted to take a moment to send my warmest wishes to everyone celebrating Kwanzaa. Like so many other holidays, we will be celebrating Kwanzaa a little differently this season in our home. We'll be doing it over Zoom. (laughs) We'll be taking Oxycontin. (laughs) Okay. You know, my sister and I, we grew up celebrating Kwanzaa. Every year, our family would, and our extended family, we would gather around across multiple generations, and we tell stories. Can you, can you pause it again? It is funny, like, because it's so easy to ascertain that she's lying, because she keeps, like, you can see almost on her expression when she's looking at it, like, obviously she's looking at some notes, but then a new idea to add to the lie pops in her head. And like then her her expression changes and her head tilts back like, and her eyes get real big. Yeah, because yeah. you're just you're compounding this yeah. BS story. Yeah. Kind of like you're sitting around a campfire and you're listening to the stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's absolutely uh-huh. what she's doing. I'm just waiting for her to talk about downtown Willie Brown. I was going to talk about him, but that's okay. Oh, okay. As long as he's mentioned. Oh, of course. On the carpet, and the elders would sit in chairs, and and we would light the candles, and of course afterwards have a beautiful meal. And of course, there was always the. Can you pause it again? And of course, and of course, and of course, and of course, again, another indication of deceit. And of course, this happened. Man, of of course, I freaking stopped at that stop sign, officer. Like, of course, I paid for that gas. You're so full of crap. Hit it. Of the seven principles. Oh, the seven principles. And my favorite, I have to tell you, was always. The one about self-determination, Kujichagalia. <laughs> and, you know, essentially it's about, you know, it's about be. Be and do. Um, be the person you want to be and do the things you want to do and do the things that need to be. <laughs> she did. She did the things she wanted to do and the people to get to where she is. One of them being downtown Willie Brown. <laughs> so, yeah, that's enough of this I can't, I can't, dude. The elders sat in chairs. Yeah, welcome to everybody's Christmas, dumbass. And I'm sure that, you know, in Reverso's family, they lit candles and all that, too. Like, you're not special. Go away. Yes, your punishment is over. We will move on, because that was self-explanatory. I'm pained. Sorry. In the video that accompanied the message that we just watched, a portion of, we couldn't finish it. You're welcome. She said her family would gather around across multiple generations to celebrate the holidays. However, Harris was born in 1964, while Kwanzaa did not exist until 1966. African Studies professor Malanga Karanga created it to, quote, give blacks an alternative to the existing holiday of Christmas and give blacks an opportunity to celebrate themselves and their history rather than simply imitate the practice of the dominant society, which is what I thought it was before I read that anyway. So, mission not accomplished. So while it may be true that Harris's parents and grandparents gathered for the holiday, their connection to the celebration would have been short-lived at the time. Conservative commentator Matt Walsh questions whether Harris could have a deep childhood attachment to a holiday that didn't exist when she was born. That's well, a good question there. No. Oh, dude. It, well, it's not because it's all fake. Yeah, <laughs> this, I know. I mean, that's just, yeah. Despite the doubts of many Americans, Harris has continued to tout her connection to Kwanzaa. So far, it does not seem to have positive, positively affected her image in the way that she might have hoped. Yeah, she's got just horrifically record abysmal numbers. But th- this is also, um, like she, I said, she was lying on that guy's talk show, the breakfast club show with the, the Charlemagne guy that you thought was gay. 
Yeah, I did. I was wrong. I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just still stuck on the name Charlemagne. I mean, I, I, yeah, that's just confusing to me. But what do I know? Uh, but she, you know, she was maintaining that she had listened to certain things that she obviously didn't listen to. Like so, and again, what what would you expect from someone just that that's slept their way to where they are? But what, what and and that's one of the reasons she's so unlikable. She's extremely, extremely disingenuous and fake and on pills. Yeah. But that's enough of of Kamala. Yeah. Actually, we do we have any more Kamala? Uh, no, that's all the Kamala for this week. Yeah. So yeah. we will be moving on. So up next, we have another segment. We need to we need to make a name for any of these transvestite segments, cross dressers, whatever you call them. It's just a cross dresser. Yeah. Because it's a dude wearing woman's clothes and. Like anybody can grow, like a dude can, as long as you have hair, you can grow it out. Like I always say, I know this is a low hanging, low hanging fruit. Hmm. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. So, uh, like apples and bananas. <laughs> this is on Breitbart. Trans Jeopardy contestant takes crown for highest earning female win streak. And this is obviously a biological male. And, and just look at the picture is, is so bad. Uh, and, if you want to see a dude dressed up as a woman that wants something on Jeopardy, you can uh, Google this person's name. So Jeopardy is awarding women's records to a transgender man, so to a biological man who cross-dresses. And corporate parent NBC News is hailing Amy Schneider as the, quote, highest-earning female contestant in the game show's nearly 57-year run. What a travesty. Amy Schneider ties Julia Collins' record for consecutive games won. The sweater was lucky indeed. Jeopardy tweeted on Tuesday referring to Schneider's decision to wear a sweater matching past show winner Julia Collins' clothes. And there's a video. Golly, what an ugly. I mean, this, and that's the thing, man. Like, look, that, like looking at the still shot. So, you, obviously, when, like, the video is there and you have the play button, it's just the, the still shot before the video plays. That True or false, this looks like a Comedy Central skit. That looks like a character trying to be a cross-dresser off like Comedy Central or Mad, Mad TV yeah. or something. Yeah. It's just so clownish and outlandish. It's it's so disturbing. And then if, as if that wasn't indicative enough that this is in no way, shape, form, or fashion, even anything remotely close to a biological female, we can play that and you can hear this dude's voice and it's disturbing. It's so clownish. I haven't heard this. Amy Schneider from Oakland, California, our 19-day champion, is wearing a sweater today, and I'm told that's not a coincidence. Uh, that's right, because uh, um, Julia Collins won 20 games, and so this is my 20th game. I just wanted to wear a sweater, kind of in tribute. You know, obviously being, you know, such a successful woman on the show is, you know, meaningful to me. Uh, but I also just like, she played very oh, straightforward and just Obviously smart, being just such a successful woman. And, uh, I like that about her as well. That's so bad. Oh like, it sounds gosh. it's so dumb and out of place. It's a, there's nothing clever I can really add to what that thing just did or what that dude just did. Obviously, being a successful woman, come on. Yeah, it's hard to watch. So we, I'm sorry, man. We've been punishing our listeners this evening. I just don't understand what's wrong with our society. A lot of things. Jeopardy champion Amy Schneider made history again on Friday, becoming the highest earning. Biological male dresses a woman contestant in the game show's nearly 57-year run. NBC wrote this week the engineering manager's 18th consecutive win brought his cross-dressing total earnings to $706,800, bumping the cross-dresser above Larissa Kelly to become the show's top-earning biological male dresses a female player. They said female. 
Larissa Kelly, the woman who formerly held the women's prize women's prize record, congratulated Schneider in a December twenty four tweet. Quote, I wonder how she really feels. Oh, geez, Louise. Well, well, it was fun to hold a Jeopardy record for a few years, but it's been even more fun to watch Jeopardy. Amy set new standards of, for excellent on the show and off. Congratulations to Amy on becoming the woman with the highest overall earnings in the show's history. You're an idiot. Larissa Kelly's an idiot. How would you say that? What is a moron? Larissa Kelly. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. It didn't take long after Trebek died for this to go to crap. Yeah, really. Schneider, thank Kelly. Thanks so much. I'm honored to be in your company, and I look forward to someday watching the woman who beats us both. Kelly then replied, I hope there will be a long line of such women, but you're certainly setting the bar extremely high for them. That, dude, so yeah. yeah that's, that's because you're not a woman. Well, let's let's coddle... Well, I don't know that that being a man makes him more intelligent necessarily, but seeing his like the physicality of it doesn't really come into play. This is so weird to me, dude. I, it, it just to me the the most disturbing part is the way they all play along. Like let's 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 coddle a mentally unstable person and reinforce their mental instability <laughs> by just pretending this is normal. I, and dude, I'm not. I'm I'm out, man. Like I'm not pretending this. This is stupid. You're a biological yeah. man that is dressed as a female. And even if you like, because people are like, oh well, do you think they had the the surgery? It doesn't matter. Like that that's irrelevant. You're still a dude that dresses like a female that had your appendage removed. Yeah, I know. It's like I said on one of the shows earlier in the year. If you're saying you're transgender or whatever, and you're dressed up as a woman, but you were born a man, which you can never change, and you go out here and you commit a crime and you leave your DNA at the scene and the forensic team test your DNA, they're going to say, we're looking for a male. They're yes. not going to say we're looking for mm-hmm. a male that's been changed to a female. Yeah. And it's a good point. Uh, the claim that Schneider holds the women's record is rejected by advocates for women's status and rights. Henry Hughes, what does he say? The person featured is male. This headline is story of violations of any decent standards. And of course, they are aff- affronts to language and its purpose. How could journalists and editors make a decision to lie like this? And then it's got another picture of that wackadoodle weird dude dresses a woman. It's so disturbing. And with a pearl necklace, how fitting. And we are told that no one is trying to erase women, yet NBC went even further beyond our mantra, trans women are women, by describing Amy as female as if it were possible to actually change one's sex. For me, Julia Collins' Jeopardy record still stands. Me too. Julia Collins was standing there. I don't know how to the degree to which she plays along, but if she plays along, then her record does not stand. But if she, if she disagrees, then it does. Both middle fingers, people. ABC did not play up Schneider's win over Kelly. Julia Collins has not applauded Schneider, Schneider for beating her record and copying her female clothing. Oh, well, that's good. Kelly is a progressive, and like other elitists, she opposes many of the evolved civic distinctions, such as female and male, that ordinary people need to manage their simultaneous cooperation and competition in free societies. Okay, psychobabble. Unsurprisingly, Kelly also opposes ordinary people's distinction between Americans and foreigners. In a September tweet, she touted her opposition to border enforcement, even when migrants flood across the U.S. borders to make Americans to take Americans' identities, jobs, and housing. "Quote: There is no good reason." So this is the one that had, had lost the record and then was making those other comments about being beautiful and beating both the records. There's no good reason why the U.S. government should be funding this violence or turning people away seeking refuge. Refuge. These are not jobs that need to be done. Oh, so that was the whole fake whip thing. We everybody, yeah. yeah, that was in September, and it was still under uh, Biden's watch anyway. So, yeah, yeah, jeez, Louise, dude, Jeopardy's been going downhill ever since Alex died. 
so we had there's the one about the US the the swimming team. Yeah, oh look, it even mentions it right here. Oh, interesting. What's it saying right here? The transgender environment also includes revenue seeking drug companies, medical blah, blah, blah. NYT Washington Post and LA Times are ignoring the Ivy League sex scandal that was triggered when university administrators allowed a non woman to grab the prizes of women swimmers. Yeah, that's uh that Penn State and that's a biological yeah. man swimming the, the, as a, a, a female competitor. And it's the same thing. If you scroll back up so I can see this guy's face. Yeah, like you grew your hair out and shaved. Yeah. So, and got earrings and changed your name. <laughs> Where does it end? We don't know, but we'll be here to cover it for you. Yeah. And which, uh, on that swimmer. Cynthia Millen, who had officiated USA swimming meets for three decades, stepped down ahead of the U.S. Paralympic Swimming National Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina earlier this month. She argued that Thomas, 22, has an unfair advantage over female athletes after coming out as, quote, transgender in 2019 following three years on the men's team at Penn. Oh, so he was on the men's team, but then just decided, hey, I'm not winning here, so I'm just going to switch to the women's team where it's fair. Quote, the fact, that, the fact is that swimming in a sport in which bodies compete against bodies, identities do not compete against identities, Millen said Monday on Fox News' Tucker Carlson. Men are different from women. Men swimmers are different from women, and they will always be faster than women. Thomas has smashed several pen records this season, with one teammate finishing in second place in the 650-meter six, uh, freestyle, some 38 seconds behind the biological male pretending to be a female. 38 seconds. I imagine that is a long time for a swimming meet. Yeah. In her letter of resignation, Millen wrote, I told my fellow officials that I can no longer participate in a sport that allows biological men to compete against women. Well, kudos to her. She added, everything fair about swimming is being destroyed. Yeah, it's way beyond swimming. Don't worry. Thomas has said she's taking an ongoing regimen of estrogen and testosterone blockers. She is eligible under NCAA rules to swim in women's collegiate events. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Thomas said he's taking an ongoing regimen of estrogen and testosterone blockers. He is eligible under NCAA rules to swim in women's collegiate events after taking one year of testosterone suppressants at 22. What on earth? On Monday night, Millen called it horrible, telling guest host Sean Duffy, the statement for women then is you do not matter what you do. What you do is not important, and little girls are going to be thrown under the bus by all of this. Thomas is going to be destroying women's swimming, she added. USA Swimming recognizes that boys swim differently from girls. Millen explained that boys will always have larger lung capacity, larger hearts, greater circulation, a bigger skeleton, and less fat. While Leah Thomas is a child of God, he is a biological male who is competing against women, Millen continued. No matter how much testosterone suppression drugs he takes, he will always be a biological male and have the advantage. Amen. Yes. It, yeah, man. It, it, when you, when you think like, you know, 10 years ago, if you would have said this is going to happen and this is like this with so many things, man, that this is, this is bonkers. Like in the Michael Phelps days, if you, if you said that, Hey man, uh, a, a dude swimmer is going to take over women's and be a champion in women's swimming as a, a quote unquote trans transgender. Yeah. That's not going to happen. And the thing is, if this is happening right now, and it was not happening a few years ago. Imagine what is yet to come. Well, the thing is, uh, there. How many more directions could you go outside of what we've discussed before? And a lot of people discussed, and what I think the natural conclusion to a lot of the sexual sexual debauchery is, and that's legalized pedophilia. So once you get there, I mean, it's just like in Rome. Then then what's next? Collapse, perhaps. I I don't know, but this is uh, 
I think there's other things coming that we haven't thought about yet. Well, I guess because we're not perverts, so yeah, maybe reverse. Maybe if Reversa was here, he could maybe tap his Pornhub account. And yeah, see what see what might be on the horizon. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I, I'm running the computer tonight because he's not here, and I think that's why it's running so slow. Just by him touching the keyboard, yeah, it could possibly be infected. Yeah. Uh-huh. A virus so. was perhaps under his fingernails. Exactly. Yeah. Sicko. Uh-huh. So I don't know where it goes from here. Which per, my my personal opinion on where this goes from here, I, I and I've said it on here before, and I I, I do continue to believe that there's going to be a backlash against this. How this woman's resigning, I, I think these are the small rumblings of of, of bigger movement because like J.K. Rawlings, the what she write the Harry Potter, I think. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, you know, she, she's had a lot of, a lot of uh, resistance to her rhetoric because she says basically the same thing. And this is detrimental to, absolutely detrimental to women. You can't be a champion of women's rights and support this. This is lunacy. This is absolute lunacy. And you, you have a mental problem. You were not born a female. And there's nothing going on that you, like, because naturally, obviously, if you have to take things to suppress testosterone, I mean, this, that tells you something. This is... This is absolute psychosis, and it's spreading. And really, it's kind of what a, a little semblance of what Hillary Clinton was saying in that that earlier clip. Are you agreeing with Hillary? She's only doing it for, for political expediency and and for viability and survival is the only reason she's saying this, and and it is true. And she's she's saying, in other words, that the Democrat Party has to appeal to a bigger base. She was saying that they're fixated on these crazy social issues in primarily blue liberal states. And, and I've said this, so yeah, we do agree, because I've said for a long time, because even way back deep into the Barack Obama years, they refused to appeal to who they who she referred to, and that's her fault, too. I mean, she's, she's part of the problem for Democrats, because the quote-unquote basket of deplorables, you can't win over somebody that you, you view like that, and they refuse to appeal to working-class people, the Democrat Party, and that's why Trump had such success because they felt they were abandoned because they were. When when their administ- the Barack Obama administration where Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State was championing all the, the same thing. She campaigned on green jobs and tech jobs. Nobody really to those to this day knows what those green jobs were. Where Biden had said these coal miners, when they're put out of work, they can learn how to code. No. And that that's their mentality. They don't want to appeal to, to middle class regular white working middle class they instead they just call you a nazi and a white supremacist regular working stiffs that work and disagree with this insane social engineering and crt and all and the things that come with it i can't say it enough instead of appeal to you they attack you and that's what she's saying that has to stop if you want to remain viable without cheating mind you you're gonna have to stop that otherwise we'll have to keep cheating and that's the long and short of it. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, we got some new changes coming up for the new year. So this is, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of doing our podcast. Thank you so much for everybody that's listened. And as always, uh, like, share, subscribe, whatever. So happy new year, and we'll see you next week. Sing along with the common people.